and welcome to another episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey. My name is Jason, and I'm your host. As always, in studio with me, Mr. Olin Hyde. Good afternoon or morning or whenever you're listening. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We do have some special guests with us back in studio, Mr. Matthew Davis. How's it going, everybody? It'd be better if you didn't hit that spring so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Quit touching the microphone. <laughs> Drinking will do that to you. And Mr. Chris Middleton. What's up from Indiana? Woo-woo, Indiana. Is it warm up there yet? It's not, but it's getting warmer every day. Good, good. So I will tell you, as far as warmth goes, do not grab the Heritage Distilling Company's BSB 103. This thing tastes like Hippo Duke, people. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys are ready for this. Actually, I'd I'd like to get your take. Mr. Davis, you used to be a chronic drinker. (laughs) Not so much anymore. What a... What's going to be the, uh, you can either give me the proof or the ABV. Ooh, um, so I think this is, let's see, we had Hill Rock. We that was like 41. Calumet. Calumet was. I think this is going to be lower in both ABV and proof than both of those would be okay. my guess. I don't know, the number, but definitely lower. All right. Mr. Hyde? I would guess in the 30% ABV range. Okay. Give or take 2%. Okay. Yeah, 33. And yeah. Uh, any proofage? Well, proof and uh, ABV, by the way, are the same thing. Yeah, but I, so what is that converted? I don't know okay. the conversion. Ninety rate. proof, give or take. It's eighty. Ninety. It's it's eighty or yeah. seventy. Yeah. Mister Chris, you have no idea. You're not a common I, bourbon drinker. I'm not a common bourbon drinker, but I do know that what I had the last bourbon I had was really good, and this one really tastes. Oh, I take that uh, back. Uh, like hippo do. All right, well, that would be sixty percent, yes. right? Thirty percent ABV would be. 60 proof? Correct. 60 that proof, is the, yeah. the correlation yeah. between the two. Well, hold on to your seats, boys. This is 51.5% alcohol by volume and the highest 103 proof. The highest content of alcohol we've had is in this bourbon here. And really? I hate yeah. to say this, but it's my not, least favorite. It's so, not as good. It's So it's, here's what I will say in defense of Heritage Distilling. They make a great brown sugar bourbon. As long as you're prepared for brown sugar, it is sugar, brown it's sugar. It is the sweet. product is good. Yeah, it it's is just not my cup of bourbon. Absolutely, it's one hundred proof brown sugar. Yeah, it's probably not for an old fashioned. It'd probably be great over the rocks, but yeah, that's a dessert. That's a get you messed like, up, sneak up on you dessert. Banana bourbon. Foster. Oh yeah, bourbon. banana yeah. foster. Yeah. That's now exactly. we're talking. Now we did have a couple of folks email in and let us know that they had some drink ideas. Uh, some were with rum, which we're not taking that yet. We're not doing no the rum request train. for rum. We uh, we did have a couple like a gold rush came in. Uh, we oh looked gosh. up those, and which is close to an old fashioned. It is close. You pretty much substitute your simple syrup for honey. So we so. are going to try that eventually. Um, yeah. But yeah, so BSB one hundred three is one hundred three proof. 51.5 alcohol. Should have guessed that with that in yeah. the name. Yeah, it was a context clue, but we didn't pick up on that. So. In the way he kept going at it. Well, we guessed low, and he was like, oh, yeah, what do you think? What do you think? So let's talk about old fashioned work ethic. We've got the brown sugar bourbon 103. Let's talk about <clears throat> being available, right? So this, this conversation is going to be around the climb up the corporate ladder. So I don't remember working for a corporate quote unquote company, 
right? So I've never worked for a company that's publicly traded. I've never worked for a company probably of more than 50 employees. Uh, I say that loosely. Village Inn was yeah. um, as a restaurant, but in my local, you know, there was there was no really growing. It was a franchise. There were manager, then the district manager, and then the owners, right? So there wasn't a huge ladder. Chris, you probably have a little different experience coming from uh, a car manufacturer. I don't know if we can say the name on, on yeah, the radio. You, yeah, you don't want to say the name, but it was a rather large one in the United States, and uh, I'd say one of the top three. Mm. Uh, and what I can tell you is um, if you want to climb the corporate ladder, one of the big things I hear being a business owner is everybody – wants to know they'll give when they get they're like if you give me twelve dollars an hour i'll work really hard but until you do i'm not going to do i'm going to do like half work and it's like that's not how you get ahead part of getting ahead in the world is you have to give for a period of time in order to get and you know it's it's a biblical thing i mean if you serve and give to people then you get in return when your heart's right, if you just do it and think, well, you know, I cannot give God, then you're not, you're never going to, your heart's not right. But it's the same thing in work. So whatever your job responsibility is, if you go above and beyond and take on extra responsibilities and don't worry about getting paid for it, eventually you get noticed and you get the promotion that goes along with it. Just so you guys know, we pulled Chris in last minute, had no idea, has not seen the show notes. Ole and I are the only one with a show notes. I don't have any show notes. Am I off topic? No. No, no you, you actually it. nailed it. You, you <laughs> nailed it. So every company that I've ever worked for, the way that I made myself valuable, I've never stayed in one job as in a employer and then a physical job as in a title i've never stayed in one within one company mm -hmm. so when i worked at the village Inn, i was hired as a server went to a cook was then promoted to restaurant supervisor okay i left there went to stakeout and was a bag packer then was an assistant manager and then at waterfront mm -hmm. rescue mission i was hired just to help as a retailer uh was eventually promoted to um an assistant type role for the the regional manager and then was eventually over the uh i wasn't in charge of the rdc but i was i was helping with the rdc setup it was a brand new setup for that model so i've never worked in one position i've always grown and that's because i was always willing to do whatever it took so when i got hired here at office prod i was a cleaner now own with my partners and friends and family the largest franchise in the system it wasn't because I waited until I got paid because that may or may not have happened with who we were working for. Um, but we, uh, we, what we did was we made ourselves valuable. We pushed our, we put ourselves out there. I, w I became uh, a floor tech, even though I never operated a, a swing machine. I just started pushing a vacuum and sucking up slurry and then made myself available to ride to mobile and clean, became a supervisor, then was operations man. I mean, it's just step after step after step after step. And I never once said, hey, where's my money first? I just said yes. And then the money came. And I'll tell you what, I am not disappointed with where I'm at now. Yeah. And you, you kept saying it time and time again, the best ability is availability. That's it. Hey, be successful where you're at. Keep working hard. 
And when something else comes along, be open and available to try something you've never done before. Well, and one thing I could say in in the few years I've gotten to know you, Jason, is that you are a very giving person. Like you give freely to everybody. As long as I think as long as they're not an arrogant, pompous person, like you give freely to everybody, you want to help everybody, and you it's not that you want to get something in return. And so because of that generous heart, I mean that's, uh, to me, that's why you've had the success you've had in life because God has blessed the fact that you just love people and you want to bless people and you want to help people. Well, that is going to be the most uh, valuable word that I get today. I, I do appreciate <laughs> that, sir. That is a, a extreme compliment, and, and I do – I hope that that is my life, right? That's what I live for. I do love giving. Um, you know, it's – it is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. As much as I enjoy having fun and, and doing things, watching someone else receive something that you're able to bless them with is, is beyond measurable. It's, it's just great. And I, you know, as I, as I've learned through life, I'm the exact opposite in life. I'm a person that's very selfish by nature and most human beings are very selfish by nature. Um, but, uh, I, you know, as I've, come to preach to my team is about giving and serving others. And that's how you find, find true joy in life is when you give yourself away to others, serving others is when you really find happiness. Everybody's always so busy about trying to work hard and get ahead and get what they can get in this world. And when you stop that and serve others, then you start finding true joy and happiness and blessings come along with it. So Tony Lorenz will probably never listen to this podcast if I had to guess. But if he does, he gave me the single greatest compliment of my life. And he probably may or may not remember this, but he told me one time, he was a music minister at the church I attended. And he sat down and he said, Jason, do you know what I love about you? And I said, I, my voice, because I'm, I'm a great singer. If you guys haven't heard me, I'll sing for you later. Uh, and he chuckled and he said, no, no, not your voice. He said, you have a servant's heart. He said, you, you just have a passion to serve others and it shows and it's, it's undeniable. And I will never, like I said, I will never forget that moment. It was one of the, I mean, I've received franchise of the year award with my partners. I've received brand ambassador. Um, I've received tons of awards, but it's not on a plaque anywhere. It's not measured by anyone. It was a simple comment that he said that, you know, that servant's heart and, that's what I've taken with me. And I think that's why we've had success. I think that's why I enjoy being a leader, right? It's not a, a daunting task as it is for some people because I enjoy serving others and they see that and they, they replicate that. So with the servant leader though, I, I I've one of the things that I always try to do was take things off my supervisor's plate, right? Like that is to me, one of the most available ways to make yourself. Well, that's how you become the MVP, mm-hmm. right? Moving up and being available, like, that's great. But you don't become the MVP by just being available. You become the MVP because you're taking things off your boss's plate. And when you're constantly going to your boss saying, hey, what can I help you with? What can I take off your plate? Then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, man, you know, Jason's, he's my go-to guy. Or Chris, he's my go-to guy. Or Matt, he's my go-to guy. And that's how you really become the MVP. And you really get the opportunity to step up is, is by Hey, how can I help you? Like, I know you've got a lot on your plate. What can I do to help you? So that's one of the things, and Matt's going to hate every second of this, but I learned this from the 
the At the Table podcast with Patrick Lencioni. If you've not listened to it, excellent. Podcast. Head over to that podcast. It is fantastic. So this is going to challenge his humility side of it, but that's one of the things that I valued most about Matt when we brought him on board was he had the uncanny ability to take things and run with it without me having to. I went out to our largest account for the first time in six months, maybe longer. I'll say I think longer. Yeah. <laughs> I and can't I, remember. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I Probably I since I was down here and toured it with you like over a year ago. Possibly. What? How long? How often was I out there in the beginning, Matt? Every other day. Yeah. It was every day in the beginning, and then it trailed off to every other day. Yeah. And then went it to was, weekly, yep. and then monthly. I don't think I ever hit the quarterly stage. I think after monthly, it went to. Eh, maybe I'll That's go by. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and and that was because the contact stopped in me and said, Hey, you don't need to feel the need to come out here anymore. We have 100% trust in Matt. He took the largest customer, our, probably 70% of our revenue, probably off, more off, off of my plate. Right. He said, Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I've got this covered. And, and that to me, invaluable. I, I can't put a price tag on what that's worth. Um, even though, you know, he would say I've done a good job. I, I just can't say that he, I can't say he's done enough. It's, it's been amazing. There are definitely days where I, I try to put some of that back on your plate. There are, there are times that I need some, some help or guidance in those things. Yeah, but th- those are few and far between. And for, like I said, for the large part, that's off my plate. So that, that is the value to me is, is taking it off my plate, right? The, the decision to bring Olin on as our number two here wasn't because he's a good-looking guy, because he is, right? Thank For, you. Very yes. handsome. He's kind yes, of a stud. Sir. He's he's yeah, he's what we consider a stud. It wasn't to get at corporate because we did take him from that, right? It was... Well, I that would be debatable. Like, you didn't I, take I, me... I, well... We, you wooed me. Yeah, I called but, Jason the poacher for a long time, I, folks, if be, you didn't know. Yeah, he was always I trying poach. to poach people from other people. <laughs> yeah, and, and it happens, right? I mean, it's... But it's not like I had no plans to ever move back here. I had ties here. I have history here. I had a son here. Like, th- there was a draw to come back anyways. And, and God, in conjunction with you, yeah. like not solely you, uh, but you wanting me back here knowing that I had that opportunity to come back to and then God opening some other doors with my wife's job and other opportunities. I'm not saying I, the, I was the amazing factor. I'm saying it was just purposeful. It was intentional. Yes. Right? Well, the you had never stopped going, from the day I moved away saying, hey, we're, gonna like, get we're getting here. you back yep. here. The yep. same way I try to go after Christino Bravo or... Do not touch <laughs> Christino <laughs> Bravo. That's Chris's always, uh, <laughs> manager for those who may not know. There is always a spot for you here at Courtney Pride or Gustavo if you want to come down. Do not take Christino and Gustavo. <laughs> from my team <laughs> but you were intentional <laughs> with all intentional of those with things. all of, yeah. with all of it and and it was because they could take things off my plate olin's done a great job of taking things off my plate so much to where i can focus on other things and and that to me is it's invaluable if you didn't have christina where would you be i'd be out every night working every night right every night you wouldn't be sitting in a chair in Pensacola sipping some bourbon, waiting to go meet your beautiful I wife would at not the beach. Be. Now, uh, hopefully, if I hadn't found Christino back in 2013, well, I actually found him before that, and I pursued him for a long time before he finally joined our team. That's another uh, great takeaway is always keep in touch with those if they tell you no the first time because they might come back to you eventually, and he did. But uh, I, I would like to think I hopefully I would have found somebody else by now that could have fulfilled that 
role, but for but, sure. And it, but it, he is he is incredibly valuable to our company for sure. And we could, and that's you know that's we could all agree with that. Like, there's somebody else. If it wasn't Olin, it could have been someone else. If it wasn't Matt, it could have been someone else. But the intentionality behind it was was huge for us because they did do those key things. They right. So Olin came. He took less money than he was making at corporate. Matt came. He took less money than he was making at Steak and Shake. Like Simon came. He took less money than he was making at Loan Shark LLC. <laughs> <laughs> we, jo- we, <laughs> we can't say we, their name. That would yeah, definitely that be would defamation. Definitely, <laughs> we joke. My brother left the restaurant industry finally after 26 years, I think, and and took a job with a a, a loan advance place. And yeah. he did not like it. It challenged his morals and his ethics, and that's why he left and probably took a, a larger than 33 percent cut to come work with us. But you know, it was those things that that drove him away. But you know, they were, we could have found other people. Sure. If I didn't run this organization, somebody else could have come through and done a great job. It has more to do with what Matt was talking about, the opportunity and ability, right? So I would say it has less to do with ability than it has to do with opportunity, right? So I was not capable of running a $6 million organization five years ago. I would argue that I'm still not, but that's just a humble brag, which well, you've Patrick grown a lot. Would, I, I have. You, you have. Very true. For sure. But I couldn't even do floor work 10 years ago. So my, my anniversary will be April 10th. Um, and I will have 10 years, um, you know, and I couldn't even do floor work back then. Now I feel like I'm capable of doing any floor work that needs to be done, but it was capable. opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to. And if I do <laughs> not willing, yeah. If I have to, I will be looking for a new director of operations and vice president of operations. So, VPO. VPO, as we call it from corporate. Um, but, yeah, the opportunity versus the ability, right? And, Matt, I mean, would you say you were 100% able the day that you came? No, not even close. I, di- I didn't know anything about this business or, I mean, the janitorial company or industry, I guess I should say. He didn't know what a toilet bowl brush was. No, had no idea. He'd never picked Um, one up. I knew people. That's probably fair. Yeah, that's accurate. I knew people. I knew how to create relationships with people, and I felt like I had a good idea about how to, you know, manage people and lead a team, but I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, that was my my take when I left – the organization well i didn't leave i guess they kicked me out they fired me but you know when i when i came on board here it was the job it was pay it was it was ability to meet my needs with bills right and it worked well and i just kept going because there was so much opportunity i saw the opportunity for growth and that's one of the things i would encourage leaders to do right so let's say this is a leader listening to this podcast if you've already made it, make sure you're showing the people below you that there is opportunity for improvement. Make sure that they see that vision because we've seen some great people. Our director of HR and admin, her name is Casey Ives. We love her to death. She is the kindest soul, does so much for us. When we hired her, we hired her as our front office receptionist slash marketing help, right? And she had the opportunity to go work for a realtor who was a top performer for Keller Williams here in the Gulf Coast, and she chose us, probably making less money. And initially, yeah, 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 and and with some crazy guys, right? Because we're 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 but, goofy set of people. But she saw the vision. She saw where she could go. She saw that we weren't happy with where we were, 
right? We wanted to be so much further. And she saw that and bought into it and was like, you know what? Let's do this. Yep. And so, she's the glue that holds us together. So the important thing yeah. is that you had to have cast a vision to her then during that interview then, correct? Yep. Is that correct? Absolutely. So that is a big takeaway for people because people get lost they lose their vision. A lot of people have a vision when they start a company, but then they lose it or they're in the weeds so bad they forget about their vision. And you always have to be casting the vision of your company forward to those because people get excited to be part of something big. And if you're not casting a yeah. big vision, then they're like, this company's going nowhere and they're looking they're looking for something else. And pride That's can get in the way, right? Like so we can be, you know what, I'm too good for that position. Olin, you left a, a pretty pretty good job as in your previous life before your major life change right and yeah. and influenced a lot of lot of people and you went to working the front desk right and we try to glamour it up oh i was the hr personally you can glamour it however you want i was a glorified you, receptionist yeah you were like, a glorified receptionist and you could have said you know what no i'm better than this i've got an aa in horticulture which is plant studies for those of you that don't know and a bs no one knows. a bs in bs which is a bachelor's of science in biblical studies you, both of these statements are true you could have said i'm too good to answer phones and enter payroll but you didn't right you said hey you know what mm -hmm. it's it's opportunity i'm going to take it and Imagine if you'd have done something different. You may be successful. You well, may I tried to do other things. Like, and that's the funny thing is we talk about opening and closing doors. I went through several other opportunities looking for different things. Like Office Pride was not on my radar. Like it literally, literally was the last place. It was like, okay, I'm going to call this guy I know from, from my church, and I'm going to say, I need a job. I don't care if it's scrubbing toilets. But that's where I was at that point because I was pretty much overqualified for a lot of things I'd been trying to do being a, um, a college graduate. And I was just applying for some stopgap stuff through this transition and nobody would hire me. And so it literally was like my last decision of I'm going to make this phone call. I don't care. Just give me a job. Like I'll clean, I'll scrub toilets and made that call, showed up. And on my way to the interview, he was like, hey, listen, I've got two other opportunities for you. Like you can come in and you can do the sales guy. There's a great opportunity for income. He tried to bring me into sales too. <laughs> There's a great opportunity for income. <laughs> and then on my way in, he called me and said, hey, listen, somebody else just came in this morning and put in their resignation as our office administrator, glorified receptionist. Uh, and he said, you know, it's not as much money, but it's 40 hours a week. It's guaranteed income. And so as we talked through it, I just said, you know what? I'm going through enough life change right now. I don't need any more question marks. And that didn't clue you in for the second time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So Glutton for punishment. Smarter before you were dumber. All right. So I went in and, and took the office administrator job. You're right. Like I just showed up and it was like, you know what? This is available. I'm willing to work and I'm going to take this. But you had that mindset. Hey, it's okay to take a couple steps backwards because you're going to end up taking three or four forward. Absolutely, yeah. And here we sit, you know, four successful guys drinking some bourbon. And, you know, it. it's all about the journey, right? We were available. We took the opportunity that was presented to us, and we just made ourselves valuable. 
And I, I don't think people will ever understand the importance of making themselves valuable before you look for yours, right? So we were all four of us at some point worried about the bottom line of our organization. Yeah, Chris mentioned that, like being Be- selfish. Right? <laughs> before we worried about the bottom line of our own pockets, we focused on the bottom line of the corporation that we worked for, right? So we we made sure we made our company money, and it was going to flow down eventually, and it did, right? We all... I, I say we all. Let me verify. Are we all making more money than we've ever made in our lives? Absolutely. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right? Well, it's like you said. It, it, one, we talked about taking things off your supervisor's plate. The next best thing is to say, hey, I'm trying to make sure the company makes more money than it's ever made before. Yep. And they start noticing, like, oh, man, they care. And you couple that with they're not coming to you saying, hey, I've saved the company money. I want to make more money myself. Just Hey, I want to make sure the company's Showing healthy. It. Yeah. Yep. And and that we're profitable as a brand or as a company and your managers are going to go, "Wow, like they they have the mentality of a business owner even though they don't have any of the buy-in." So remember it's you have to give before you get and there's no timeline. You don't know yep. what God's timeline is on that. It is a matter of the heart. You give, give, give and you give out of the goodness of your heart. And eventually it comes back around. It's just a natural law. It has to happen. So give before you get, make sure you're available, take advantage of opportunities. We're going to take advantage of this opportunity right now to tell you how to get a hold of us. Do we have an email, Olin? We do. It is oldfashionedpodcast at gmail.com. All right. We would love to hear from you. We've heard from a lot of you on Facebook with drink recommendations. Tell us about your favorite bourbon. You can find us on Facebook at Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey or W and W. I don't remember. We change it a lot, but just Pretty search sure in Facebook Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey and we'll pop up. Yeah. And you know, we want you to reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. What do you want to hear about? If there's a bourbon that you've had that you feel like changed your life, we would love to try it. We're all about taking advantage of those opportunities. So look for us on Facebook. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Jason with Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey. Olin, Chris, Matt, great to have you. See you next time. Thanks guys. for having Thank me. You.